Should we have intro music? Yeah. We always have intro music, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Booth, and I'm here with Jacob Grinstead, the youth pastor of Greater Heights Baptist Church. We're here talking today about the fruits of the Spirit. We, If you listen to the first episode, we kind of go into those in depth, but we're talking about the pitfalls or the dangers of when that fruit either is what we call seedless, it's false, or non-existent. Mm. Jacob, let's get into this a little bit. Let's start at the top. Um, and we'll kind of work our way down. How do we get the fruit? So let's look at Colossians 1. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at Colossians 1, 5 through 6. It says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before the word of the truth of the gospel. Verse 6 is, Which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Right, so... The day that you hear the gospel and recognize the grace of God and truth, that's when the fruit takes hold. That's when you can start producing the fruit. Mm-hmm. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we sat down with Pastor and we went through the parable of the sower. So we know that Jesus Christ is a sower and the word is the seed. We're supposed to be the good ground. So if you're the good ground, then you would recognize the grace and truth. And you would be able to bear this fruit. Yeah, it's really a self-reflection of Especially in that parable, I actually just taught that last night to our teenagers, um, the sower and the seed parable. And we looked at the ground and we asked ourselves the question, what was the problem in that situation? Was it the sower? Jesus Christ isn't the problem. The people who are evangelists and spreading the gospel, they're not the problem. Is it the seed? Well, we know the word of God isn't the problem. If it's properly taught out, it's not the problem. So the problem can be the soil in which they are receiving the seed. So it's a self-reflection of when you go to church or when you're listening or studying or even praying, what is your heart at? Is it a heart of truly wanting understanding and truly wanting to grow? Or are you having a heart like the thorns, like the stony ground or the wayside? So for us to receive and to then receive the seed so that we can there go and then go and bear fruit is all dependent upon our heart and what we're trying to um, do with the understanding that's being taught to us. And one thing I love about that parable, the sower could have just thrown the seeds on the good ground. Mm-hmm. But the sower throws the seeds everywhere, even knowing that the ground may not receive the seed. Christ gives his word to everyone, yeah. even knowing that they may not receive his, the seed. It's, it's truly revelatory of God's nature, which is to love everyone equally, regardless of where they are. Oh, yeah. Moving on. We've seen that the gospel and the word is the way to get the fruit and that Christ has come to to provide it to us. What happens when there's no fruit? So let's move on to John 15, 5 through 7. What happens in our lives when there's no fruit? Yeah, I even say to our last point, it's extremely important for you to even um, carefully decide how you're receiving the word and who you're receiving it from. Obviously, Um, if you're just reading your Bible and stuff, you're reading it directly from God's words. But when you go and you're listening to preaching or even 
podcast like we're doing right now, it's extremely important that you are choosing where you're receiving that from and making sure it's biblically accurate. Um, Because if not, it could be just as if it was on thorny ground because you're not receiving the right type of seed. Right. And it won't grow from that. There there are, there's a lot of falsehoods in today's world. There are a lot of places that will twist and distort the word of God and that won't give it to you straight. Um, We're going to touch on and explore some of those in our own lives and in what we've seen um, a little bit later in this episode. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're talking about the result of like, of not having fruit of not receiving it as the good soil. And we look at that in John chapter 15, verse five and verse six, it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Mm. Yeah, I think the language here is really important to take note of, right? So we talked about this a lot in the the previous episode. The word abide is an action word. So it is a continual, long-suffering pursuit of dwelling in Christ Jesus. And it, it requires a lot of action of us, but it is the best place to be. As seen by the comparison of having no fruit, those branches are cast off, they wither, and they are, and I, I want you to take another language, gathered up by men and cast into the fire. So being cut off from the vine, Jesus Christ, the world will scoop you up, use you for all you've got until you are withered and toss you in the fire. That is really highly specific and pretty intimidating language in my opinion. Um, but I think it is very is evidenced very highly by the way that other people live their lives. You see it all the time. Mm-hmm. The verses in Matthew that Jacob loves to quote to me all the time <laughs> talk about if you what you're pursuing, you'll get. Oh yeah. And so if there are things in this life that you're after, you can have them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have Jesus. The you see this all the time with prominent figures in our world, right? They pursue money, power, fame, whatever they get it but their lives just kind of wither away. And the sad truth is eventually they're tossed in the fire. So Jacob, I don't know if you have any points on that. Yeah, I mean, I think you did a really good job of explaining it. Um, verse 6 is the one that kind of jumps out to me. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. It's a pretty descriptive picture of what he's trying to describe to us of what can happen um, when you're not producing fruit, um, another like kind of like a sign of producing fruit is the fruits of the spirit. Right. And I believe it's also being the salt and light as you read in another parable in Matthew of that. We're supposed to be the salt and light. And I right. think that's what's happened a lot in Christianity is we are being a whole lot of the light and not so much the salt. So the salt is supposed to prevent corruption. Like we've talked right. about before, it's supposed to be, um, like when you taste salt, it can be a little bitter. It it's, can, a, it's a preservative. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think what we see a lot in today's world is we see um, love, 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 love. And that's what the church is supposed tolerate, to do. Tolerate, accept. Yeah, tolerate, yeah. accept. And um, that's not being the full fruit of what God wants us to be. He wants us to be the light. Yeah. He wants us to show the love of God and the love of Jesus. But there's a truth to God in the Bible 
where there's something called the wrath of God. Right. It's extremely important that we even talked about it a little bit earlier in, in this episode, but the full gospel being presented, the full Bible being presented of being the salt and light. And what you'll learn in that parable of the salt and light is those who aren't being salt and light are deemed worse, worthless by the Father. Right. The Father counts them as worthless. Mm-hmm. The work that they're doing, it's kind of like having somebody in center field not doing anything and just letting the ball go right by him, stuff like that. It's pointless for them to be out there. Sure. It's worthless. So why are they even out there? Right. That's what Jesus Christ is saying about if we're not producing the fruit like we're supposed to be and even being the salt and light, it's kind of like, why are you? Why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's harsh, and it... But it's the full gospel of what we're reading. So the result of no fruit is you being... This is going to sound super harsh. The result of having no fruit is... You being a worthless Christian, it's useless. Yeah. It's it's useless. It's you're not fulfilling the potential of what you're supposed to be. So many people, and and I see this a lot of times with with a lot of churches. It's a really sad reality. Think that all it takes is to know who Jesus is. I think that's all it takes. But the word choice in this verse is abide. Those who abide in me. It doesn't say those who know me or know who I am or have read my story. Mm-hmm. It's abide, which as we talked about earlier is an action word. Yeah, and even those who don't, as you said earlier, and, well, and even as the verse says, and those who don't, the world will use, the world will grab you right. as the sticks and burn you. Like they will use you for all that you're worth. The world will, not the Lord. The world will. Yeah, there's an old saying. It says, "Idle hands do the devil's work." Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, if you're not doing something for Christ, if you're not bearing fruit for Him, whether you know it or not, whether you intend to or not, you're bearing the world's fruits. And I think that's something that people need to understand is you could be sitting back right now listening and thinking, well, I'm not bearing any fruit right now. Well, the truth is, is you are. You're, yes. you're bearing some kind of fruit right now. You're either bearing good fruit or you're bearing bad fruit. And we see that in Matthew seven seventeen. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You are, in fact... Every single thing that you're doing, you are working towards bearing some type of fruit. Now, the question is, is what kind of fruit are you bearing? Absolutely. Yeah. And there, you can see it very plainly. God doesn't hide anything from us. You can look at a person's life. You can look at your own life and see. I wouldn't encourage you to look at other people's lives. It's not your job, <laughs> but look at your own life. Right. You can see the kind of fruit. If you are super disenfranchised with your circumstance, maybe things just aren't going your way or you, you are super disenfranchised with the the way other people treat you or the way that your relationships are going. I would take a look at what kind of fruit your life is producing mm-hmm. and where your affections lie and where you're spending your time and your energy and your effort. Fruit in this case and in every case is the result of something. Fruit is not, not the starting point. It is always the result. So if if the seeds are bad, if if the ground is bad, if the tree is bad, the fruit will be bad. If you're filling your heart and your life with the things of this world, you're going to yield bad fruit. Mm-hmm. It And it goes so much further than just affecting you. It can affect those around you. If you'll look in Micah 6, 7, and Jacob will read that for us real quick. Uh, yeah, it says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? The The children... The firstborn is described as the fruit of our bodies. 
most most people listening to this podcast, most people I know in our church have children. All of us are all of us are someone's children. We are the fruit of their bodies. Did you ever think that if you're not living the way you should be living, that you could have bad fruit, bad children? You oh my kids just aren't acting right. Go well. You might want to take a look at the fruit that you're producing <laughs> in your own life because they are part of that fruit. Yeah, and we don't want to say that's like a direct result because there are those instances where parents do everything they can. Yes, and, yes. you know, as Absolutely. a youth pastor, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can see that a lot. Um, but there is something to say for, um, I don't know how many people listening were at the spiritual warfare conference that we've had. Um, we had a conference last week called Clarity Now. Um, the speaker is Tom Suter, and he specializes on spiritual warfare. And as he teaches, is there are generational demons who attach themselves to family trees right. that will, no matter, will be with your family, and it'll affect your grandparents. It affected your great-grandparents, which affected your grandparents, which affected your parents, which affected you, which is now affecting your children. Um, there's just that. There's just that reality of that happening. And um, I know that we're about to go to commercial break, um, but there's just that reality of what you do in your life has an effect on others. Right. There was a, um, when I was a teenager, we had a, um, it was a lock-in. So it was one of those where you stay, where you start at like seven o'clock at night mm-hmm. and stay all the way till way early in the morning. And, um, it was one of those that we had a speaker and the speaker actually was in prison for a while Mm -hmm. and he came up and spoke and he was speaking about how he thought there was this line right between good and bad. There's this line. And what he thought he was doing was he was straddling the fence Mm -hmm. of going for good and like he would be half the time good and half the time bad. So he thought he was just that's, right there in the middle the of the fence. Place to be. And it's just not a reality of what's true. Sure. You're going one or two ways. You're either, and it's the same thing when it comes to producing fruit. You can be either producing God, like good fruit from the word of God and from God, or you could be producing the wrong and bad fruit. Yeah. I, I love that you talked about straddling the line because the Bible is very clear. Mm-hmm. If you're either hot or cold, I'll keep you. But if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Dangerous place to be. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from Miss Lauren talking about the coffee shop, and then we will be right back. See you in just a second. The Heights is Forsyth County's newest all-in-one spot for coffee, co-working, events, sports, and more. Whether you need a quiet office space when your current work-from-home environment gets a little noisy, or you want to meet up with some friends to grab a cup of coffee, the Heights is your go-to place for a variety of needs. The coffee shop is open through the week from 8 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., closing at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays, and open on Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. For more information on our event, co-working, and gymnasium spaces, and to view our full coffee and espresso menu, visit our website at 3790theheights.org. We'll see you soon. And we are back. Thank you so much, Miss Lauren, for giving us that brief little introduction on the coffee shop. Hope you come down and see us, 3790 Post Road, Greater Heights Baptist Church. We spoke briefly about how there isn't really a place for being lukewarm, how there are really these two categories, two main categories of hot and cold, a.k.a. good or bad fruit. We've Mm -hmm. touched on the good fruit. We did it in the last episode, talked about it a lot, talked about it some in this episode. Jacob, let's get into what does the bad Mm -hmm. fruit look like? Yeah, I think 
the explanation for bad fruit can be found in many places in the Bible, but I'm going to refer to this because I just taught on it last night, so it's fresh in my sure. mind. Um, and that's the soil that wasn't receptive of the seed. Right. Um, the thorny ground, the wayside. Um, I can't remember what the last one was. Stony ground. Stony ground, yes. Okay. Um, so you have those, and a lot of ways that you can look at it is bad fruit of the way that it's presented and the way that it's received. So you can look at the presenters of people producing bad fruit is those who try to water down what the Bible says yeah. and what the Bible is. Mm. Um, we talked about a little bit of, you know, someone who is looking for people to follow after them rather mm. than follow after God's word of I'm this great person, follow me and everything that I say um, rather than follow after God. This is everything God says. Yeah, Let, let me interject real quick. I don't yeah. want to stop you. Just oh, hold, hold yeah. that thought. When the church is extremely and almost solely concerned with their attendance numbers, mm-hmm. that can be a big indicator of this kind of issue. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and one thing you will always realize about bad fruit is it will present itself. Yes. Um, they will present themselves. You, There will be a point where they can't help it because what is in your heart is going to show in your lifestyle. If right. the bad fruit is in your heart and the your heart is just in a bad way and thinking towards certain things about the church, you can have a good church and bad fruit within the church that are producing bad fruit and the fruit that they're teaching and even the people that follow that teaching with inside that church, it will come out. Right. It, it, it does every single time. I haven't seen a time it hasn't. So they will show themselves. But it's a moment of following me, follow my righteousness rather than God's righteousness. And then it really comes down to a heart thing. Is, is I said all of that to say that. Yeah. It comes it's down to a heart thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I want to stack on top of that. There is good fruit. There's bad fruit. There's also false fruit. Mm-hmm. There are these, and you see it all the time. Look at me. I'm doing good. This is great. Everything's awesome. And then you look, and there's nothing there. And so this is perfectly illustrated by Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 21. James, if you want to read some of that, and we can get into it. Yes, you said Mark 11? Yes, Mark 11. Yeah, sorry, let me look it up real quick. I didn't copy and paste all Uh, that. You're good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Mark 11, starting in verse 12, and you just stop me when you want me to stop reading. Sure. All right. Um, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. Okay, stop for just a second. This is talking about Jesus, right? Jesus with the disciples. And take note of what's going on in the passage. From a far, far away, from a distance, Jesus sees the fig tree and it has leaves. Typically, the leaves come after the fruit. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is thinking there is fruit on the tree and he gets excited about it. Happily, he goes. Okay, continue. So we're in verse 13b. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem. And this is kind of talking about Jesus cleansing the temple. Right. Um, these next couple of verses. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations of the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves. Perfect. Okay. He comes to the tree, and there's no fruit. 
and he curses the tree, and it dies. It withers and dies. And the disciples say, Lord, it's not, it's not the tree's time. There's not any fruit yet. It's not, it's not time. Even though it clearly was displaying leaves, mm-hmm. displaying signs of life. The disciples make excuses for the fig tree. Jesus had an expectation. The expectation wasn't met. Jesus cast judgment on the tree for not meeting the expectation. And the people that are supposed to be following Jesus made excuses for the tree. Sounds very, very parallel to the kind of lives that we live. God has an expectation of a person or of the church that that person is in. They're receiving. They're receiving the word. The ground's supposed to be good. They're displaying that it's good. They're displaying that they're going to be bearing fruit. And when when they come under scrutiny, there's no fruit to be found. Yeah. And other people, we do it all the time. They were supposed to be following Christ and accepting his decision, make excuses for that person. We make excuses for ourselves. You see it all the time. Christ then goes on to do the same thing that he did to the fig tree in the temple. He, he runs the money changers out of the temple because they had made it a den of thieves. There are people within the four walls of the church that are thieves. Mm-hmm. They're after their own business. They're after their own success. They're after their own gain. And they don't care where it gets done. And this is so extremely detrimental because we, as we mentioned earlier, having bad fruit or having no fruit affects not only you, but those around you. Yeah. The common denominator between these three things, mm-hmm. having, having no fruit, having bad fruit, or having what Jacob and I call seedless fruit, just this display of fruit, but that doesn't have the word in it. It has a common denominator. One, it doesn't meet God's expectation. Mm-hmm. Two, it causes the non-believer to have a bad view of the church. Why? Because they can't distinguish between a bad Christian and the church at, at large. Yep. You, as a human being, as a Christian, if, if you call yourself that in public, you are a representation of the church and of Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be. So when people look at your life and see either no fruit or this bad fruit that is disgusting and nobody wants it, they then take on that view of the church. Extremely detrimental. And so it, it, it behooves me that the disciples make excuses for the tree because it failed to meet Jesus' expectation. Mm-hmm. So why do we as Christians make excuses for each other when we fail to meet the Lord's expectation knowing that it's not only detrimental to us but to the people around us, especially the non-believer? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a... Were you done? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, sorry, no. Um, I mean, that's a good question. When you... I think it's extremely important. You kind of talked on the... Uh, on, like, the personal aspect of it, and now I'll kind of talk about, like, the church aspect of it, of it's important for you to look at a church and see what kind of fruit is the church producing. Right. Now, we're talking about the building church yeah. of Greater Heights Church, of, you know, churches around the area. Sure. What kind of fruit are they producing? Are they producing good fruit or bad fruit? And you can tell that by the way that their lives should be changed through the word of God. Um, I was once producing bad fruit. I accepted Jesus Christ. And I started following after him and seeking understanding. And now I pray to God that he's using me to produce good fruit. And you should be able to see that through the actions of my life. Right? right. And I believe that I am a production of fruit from the leadership of the church that I attend. The same I say is for the community. What has happened is I believe there's a lot of churches out there who aren't produce, who are not teaching 
or teaching about the bad fruit and teaching a seedless fruit mentality right. of not the whole word, maybe half of it, but not the whole what, word. What's convenient. And that is, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad mm-hmm. you said that. Seedless fruit. Think about, think about actual seedless fruit that you buy from the grocery store that you eat. Why do you buy seedless fruit from the grocery store? Seedless fruit is born out of convenience. It is more convenient to eat fruit without seeds in it than it is to cut around them and to replant them or to throw them away, whatever. Seedless fruit is always, always, always born out of convenience. So these, these churches are these people that are, that are teaching things that are seedless, that, that don't have the full body of the word in them. It is because it is in some way more convenient. Maybe it's more convenient for their audience to hear. Maybe it's more convenient for them to preach. Maybe it's more convenient because they don't come under conviction preaching it. It's always, always, always born out of convenience. Yeah, and so the seedless fruit looks like every other fruit. Right. The fruit that has the seed in it, you can tell the difference once you get into it. Yeah. Right? you got to dive in. So when it comes to the church producing seedless fruit, it looks the exact same. They're still looking the exact same as the rest of the world. And that's why the world has such sometimes such a bad view of the church is because they're seeing the fruit that's being produced out of these out of these churches and they have the tree, they have the leaves, right? And right. they're like, This is this is what's supposed to be like. The tree that Jesus saw, the fig tree, it was beautiful, it was big, it had these leaves flying off it. There should have been fruit from it. But if you dive into it and you know what a biblical understanding of producing fruit is, you'll see and this isn't every church, okay? But this is just something to be cautious of. Sure. You see that it's not producing any fruit. And so, therefore, the church, I mean, the world doesn't understand this difference. Right. So they see what may be representing the church, and they see, well, there's no difference in the way that that person is compared to what I do. And, of course, them not having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. They don't recognize that that is disappointing to the Lord as well. Yeah, they, they don't understand that that's wrong right. technically in the word of God. Yes, they can't, they can't understand that that is missing God's expectation. Right. And so it's definitely missing their expectation. Mm-hmm. And they feel let down and hurt. And that's why it's, it is extremely, extremely important to monitor the type of fruit that your church is producing, the type of fruit that you're producing. Because, again, like we said earlier, it doesn't just affect you. It goes so far beyond that. It can be a generational thing, like Jacob described earlier, or it can be a, from the inside of the four walls to the outside of the four walls thing. Yeah. It, it's a, it's, it is something worth taking note of. Oh, it's extremely important to take note of. Well, that is going to end it for us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't gotten a chance, look back at the last episode. We dive much deeper into the fruits of the Spirit and what the good fruit looks like so that you can kind of have a better comparison of this good to bad fruit thing. Um, if you don't understand the fruit analogy... Read your Bible. Ask questions. <laughs> um, it's it's all in there. Help you get it figured out. Um, we are really, really excited to be doing this podcast. Really enjoy it. Hope that you enjoy it. Come see us. 3790 Post Road, Greater Heights. Yeah, and just real quick, um, I've had a couple people listening to the podcast, and they're asking what we use for our studying tools so that they yes. can also um, use them. Um, I highly recommend an app called eSword. Um, what it does is it allows you to highlight, it can allow you to click on verses, and then someone who's very well known um, in the church community who writes a lot of curriculum, even for colleges, um, he gives a pretty much a summary of what that's about and what lesson it is trying to be taught. It comes in really handy for me, especially when I'm doing the parables. Yes. Um, so I highly recommend, again, it's called eSword. Um, and maybe next time you listen, you can be on the app with us and following along with us. Yes, it works best on your computer. Get yes. on your computer. <laughs> they do have a mobile version. It's not as good. All right. All right. See you later.